The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Anyway, it's time now for a place for veterans, and we have our famous Dr. Don on. We always start our veteran shows off with a silent prayer, and then... Uh, we go to our other part of the show that makes sure everybody's heart is beating. And uh, here we go with our silent prayer. Okay, folks, uh, we were having a little bit of knob trouble there for a minute, but we're in good shape now, and uh, we're going to cut that. And uh, then we also do one other thing, and I think all of you know what that is, and we want to make sure everybody's heart is beating properly. So here we go. I am. Let's me know just who I am. One, two, three, four, United States Marine Corps. Okay, well, some folks, some folks like it, but other folks don't. And, uh, so, with that being said, we're going to start the show, A Place for Veterans, with our with our Dr. Moeller from Columbus, Georgia. And um, if you have a problem with uh, not being able to sleep at night because you have PTSD... Well, listen to Dr. Moeller. He doesn't have a cure, but he's got 
a solution that'll work for you. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about PTSD and the extraordinary number of suicides and things that PTSD causes. So, with that being said, good morning, Dr. Moeller. Well, it's good to be here again, Dave. Good to talk to you. Uh, what's been happening uh, in this area, and I uh, purchased a new book, 2023, uh, published just a little bit ago on moral injury, and uh, we'll probably get to that. We're going to do an extended series of programs on moral injury, and, and the reason for that is the success rate uh, in the literature of psychotherapy and whatever medical therapy for PTSD is uh, is not way up there. In some cases, it's down in the 25 to 33% range. range. It doesn't mean this is for all, all patients, but we have to deal with therapy that's not particularly effective. And so uh, the psychiatrist, Dr. Harold Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G, has done significant work. This man is really, really super bright, very thorough. He's a psych, board-certified psychiatrist. And he works out of the uh, Center for Spirituality at Duke University. And this gentleman, uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit right now, if you want to argue with this guy, you're going to lose uh, with respect to moral injury. Uh, and here's the reason. Uh, Dr. Koenig has conducted studies and site studies that PTSD on an MRI and functional MRIs and PET scans has different areas of the brain that are involved. And moral injury has different areas of the brain that are involved. These are two separate disorders. Can they occur simultaneously? Yes, they can. And that's why on our show when we talk about PTSD and moral injury, I wanted to share this with you because the molecular and neurophysiological science now supports what we're going to say. This isn't, uh, this isn't fringe science. This is well-researched science. So where we're going to start off with uh, today, we're going to finish up on suicide risk. And yeah, I want everybody to understand this is not therapy. I am not a therapist. I'm a maxillofacial surgeon who does research. And so I want everybody to understand, you know, you don't have to be a fireman to yell, hey, there's a fire. And that's what I'm doing. Or you might even say, hey, I'm not a fireman, but there's smoke coming from your upstairs bedroom. So that's where we are here. And you can self, you don't need to be a fireman to self diagnose a fire in your house either. So that's where we're going with this. Uh, now, with respect to suicide, this is kind of the end of the line for veterans and first responders. Oh, and I want to interrupt myself. Moral injury happens to first responders, and Dr. Koenig mentions them by name in their book. Now I'm going to get back to the pathophysiology. Suicidal, suicidality, uh, it's a multi-dimensional clinical condition. Now, you have the biological component of it, you have the social component of it, and those combined can 
can represent a psychological vulnerability, and these have factors. Now, there's several models that your therapists are working with and under. Uh, and, and one of these uh, things that they're going to look for are... Uh, they're, they're going to look for dysfunction in the systems associated with impaired regulation of anxiety, impulsivity, and aggression. Now, some of these systems are integrated and information processing changes. So what does that mean? We're going to give hints of things that may be happening that you need to be watch watching for so that you get a heads up. Forewarned is forearmed. Now, we're going to talk about an, um, an issue that I believe is related to increased suicides. And I call it, well, no, I call it a mental IED. But these, uh, the psychologists call it an intermittent explosive disorder. Now, those who've got PTSD... One of the criteria is increased anger. Well, one of the other things that your therapist looks for is an intermittent explosive disorder. How does this tie in with suicide? Well, veterans and, and first responders, frankly, we, we live on the edge, especially when we're at work. We make decisions and immediately carry them out. Intermittent explosive disorder has has a role, in my opinion, in suicide. And here's why. I mentioned last time, statistically, if you give me a population of 100,000 veterans, I can predict very accurately what percentage of these individuals may, may do, have become suicidal and execute during a particular year. The system cannot predict which 10,000 of those people are going to commit suicide with any high degree of accuracy. Why is that? Be because there's a certain number of things that will lead to intermittent explosive disorder. And I can tell you, once you cook off guys and gals, uh, then, then you do stupid stuff. And so let's tell you what mental uh, intermittent explosive disorder, I find it, Interesting that IED of the initials because that's pretty much describes it to the to the military. It's a re, it's they're composed of recurrent behavioral outbursts manifested as verbal aggression, damage or destruction of property, and or physical assault, representing an inability to gr control aggressive impulses. Why am I connecting this with suicidality? Because a lot of soldiers take their lives with weapons, and that includes female soldiers. We were taught to use them. We were taught to use weapons well. When you get angry and you exert physical aggression against, you know, like people at home, people at work, you have outbursts. And that part of your brain that's going, this isn't going to end well, is shut off. Well, when you decide to take your own life, you need to be aware that you're an IED waiting to happen. And when you know that, you go, whoa, wait a minute. We all have thrown grenades in our training. 
And I will never forget when uh, they pulled a pin on that thing, and they gave it to me, and the DI stepped way back. And I thought, you know, if you screw this up, Don, you're gone in five minutes, five seconds, whatever. And they told everybody, when you throw the grenade, pitch it like a baseball. Do not go back like the John Wayne War movies and fling it. Well, we were behind armored glass, whatever it was, and sure enough, one of the one of the platoon idiots pull pin, step back. He looked like he was going to throw it like a baseball, and then he stepped back in the John Wayne position, threw it. The grenade hit the armored glass, fell down in the trench. And the DI got him on. He he threw himself over the recruit, and the grenade went off. What is that? I mention that because that's a mental IED. This recruit was told a hundred times, "Don't throw it like that." Over and over. And what did he do? When he got in a clinch, he didn't listen. He went ahead with what he wanted, and what did it result in? A disaster. Well, I'm telling you that with intermittent explosive disorder, that fits very closely in my mind as a researcher with the people who commit suicide. It can't be predictable. Now, what allows people to, to fall into the IED trap? Well, you have, in this condition, comorbid depressive disorder. Now, what is that? If you're running around and you're, you're depressed, and, and we talked about this, if you're depressed and you have no support group, a feeling of worthlessness, that, you, that you're not part of the team, that you have no value, and that you are a burden, that will sustain depression. If you don't have your battle buddies who understand you and are willing to listen, that's another factor. So when you come up against this IED, intermittent explosive disorder, and you're depressed, you're the guy, like the guy with the grenade, you're going to throw it the way you want to throw it, and you're not listening, and you can't identify that it, how dangerous that is. Another thing that, that jumps out at us is substance abuse. So you can, and why does soldiers and people with PTSD first responders get into substance abuse. Well, I can tell you from treating these folks for over a decade, you're trying, first of all, you're trying to get some sleep. And you can't sleep with nightmares. And you got to get to work and do your job, and you're tired all the time, and beer and alcohol are legal. And so you start knocking a few back. Well, you're now in a pattern of substance abuse. Was that done to get a buzz? No, it was not. You started using this stuff to get some sleep, to keep your job, so you can support your family or maintain your position in, in the military. So what what happens? You finally pull the I've had enough button. You don't have any support. You don't have anybody to call. You haven't practiced skill sets. And I can tell you, personally, that uh, 
intermittent explosive disorder will get a hold of you. And I was doing surgery at a particular time when I was in the military. And some punk, we'll call member of the OR team, was doing a dangerous behavior, and I told him to stop. And this individual didn't. And before I knew it, I had this individual against the wall, picked him off the ground. It was about as fast as a mosquito bite, dudes. So I'm telling you, it's out there. And that same attitude, you have to be aware that you didn't ask to have intermittent explosive disorder. It comes with your gift package of having PTSD. It's in there. Usually it's at the bottom of the box, but it's in there. And you, and you go, I better really be careful. So what happens? What's else, what else is in the PTSD gift box? box? Depression. Major depression accompanies 40%, 40 to 60% of the people with PTSD. Well, what does that mean? It means that you no longer have the capability to have the same control over your emotions. We also talked about the fact that the amygdala and the hippocampus work in concert to identify problems and resolve them. They're also hooked up to the to your brain, the thinking portion of your brain. Well, those connections are disrupted. So intermittent explosive disorder totally bypasses the thinking portion of your brain and totally bypasses, hey, this really isn't a threatening situation. That's the hippocampus. And it simply says, this is the last day I'm going to to spend on this earth depressed or in, without love, without being, or with being a burden to somebody, and we mentioned those. So if you think, wait a minute, if you're going to grow some plants, you want good soil to grow them in, if you want to heal from PTSD, you have to look for good soil. And that's mental health counselors, and we're going to talk about chaplains that are trained in moral injury. We're going to talk about friendship, family support. You have to understand that all cultures uh, do not respond to PTSD in the same manner and that the supportive cultures have better outcomes than the non-supportive cultures. So let's review. You're alone. You're depressed. You don't have any friends. You think you're a burden. You think things are hopeless and you've lost meaning and on and on. Well, those, I'm telling you, are warning signs. You're walking on thin ice, and you need to talk to somebody beforehand and say, this is me, I listen to this guy on the radio, and, and I need to have some help and learn, and I want to underline this, I want to learn some skills. I want to get a skill set to help learn what I have to do to move from the center of depression and uselessness and hopelessness to the center of the circle of mental health. So I think that will pretty much bring to an end what uh, what we're going to talk about with respect to PTSD. Uh, Dave, did you want to comment or go to a break at this time? Uh, yeah, we can go on to a break right now. And let me ask you, I don't know why, but as you were talking, uh, I had this thought that at one point, did they think that PTS was limited to the right side of your brain? Or for some reason, I keep popping up with the... Uh... Dave, you're really breaking up, buddy. 
I can't hear you. Okay, well... Uh, Much better right there. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I had this thought that for some reason that at one point they thought that uh, PTSD was in the, what, the right cortex of uh, your brain or the right side of your head and uh, that it flowed from there and you got all of your... I don't know why, I just, that had stuck in the back of my mind at some point. Is there any validity to that? Dave, I was getting every fourth word, sir. I don't know why. Well, quite frankly, I don't know why either. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let's take a break. We'll be back with uh, Dr. Moeller right after this. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. On August 8th. 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand, and take back our country. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show? talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com, and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And it's time to go back to uh, Don Moeller and A Place for Veterans. And uh, we're learning all about uh, PTSD. Don, what I had mentioned earlier, and I, I gather you didn't get all of my comment or whatever, uh, is the fact, for some reason, stuck in the back of my head was the fact that uh, PTSD is in the right lobe of your brain is there any uh truth to that or is that just something i thought i'd heard yeah uh dave the neurobiology of ptsd is is quite complex and there are people here's the thing your your ptsd triggers memories and memories are stored throughout the brain uh the old concept in neurobiology was, you know, this center is for this and this center is for that. Those are kind of like operational centers, like processors. But the information is pulled from a lot of areas. So your prefrontal cortex, uh, the thinking portion, also that component 
called the dorsal prefrontal and dorsal ventral prefrontal cortex, can recall memories, and actually that is the area they think that the nightmares are coming from in, uh, in PTSD dreams and possibly flashbacks. And then you have other well-defined areas like the hippocampus and the amygdala, which are associated with the mechanistic, um, you know, fight-or-flight type things. So the, the idea that there are certain areas in the brain for certain specific things, yes. Like there's a thing called, and I'm, not, I'm about done here, Broca's area for speech. Well, and well, they can pinpoint that area, but remember speech has thought content with it. And so the thought content and, and references when you're speaking come from all areas of the brain in general. So PTSD is a total envelopment of the central nervous system uh, and not just specific areas. Did that answer your question? Yes, and, uh, and about five pounds more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think I want to move on now into moral injury. And I made a comment about the scientific evidence for it. Uh, and I, I'm very impressed. And right now, uh, moral, the concept of moral injury, which has pretty much had its birthing in around 2009, 2010, with some experimental studies uh, that really cemented its um, potential uh, in the world. And I have to, now listen, in the world of psychology and psychiatry, you must understand that the history of psychology began in theology and that Freud may altered theological and philosophical theology and philosophy he came up with the name psychology and I read this in one of his books specifically to keep the philosophers off his back long enough to establish it as a separate discipline well what's happened we are now coming full circle and we realize that although psychology exists independently now of theology, that in the area of PTSD, there is significant overlap and maybe no overlap, depends on the patient, between moral injury and psychological injury. With respect to PTSD, they can exist independently, depending on the population. If you are in the military and have had multiple deployments with combat, and we'll talk about that. Just multiple deployments is not necessarily, does not necessarily correlate. But if you've had multiple deployments with combat, you have a higher probability of having a moral injury, especially if you have PTSD, they're more correlated than police officers. Police officers and EMT the correlation between PTSD and moral injury is not the same. It's much lower. And one, one of the things Dr. Koenig said was the soldiers, sometimes the soldiers on the front line and the police, when they're taking care of business with nasty bad guys, and we really appreciate the police on this show, you're defending your life. That has nothing to do with moral injury. 
yes, it can have a component, but it's completely different than drone operators. And he mentioned this, that they've done a study that those remote piloted drones, uh, those guys have up to a 25 or 30% moral injury because they're sitting in an air-conditioned building and they're not threatened. And for their country, they're taking lives. So just because, for example, if you operate a drone and you go, I never saw combat, with respect to moral injury, uh, you can have a moral injury. Now, let's look at the definition that Dr. Coney gave us. Moral injury is a condition that often occurs in the setting of severe trauma, affecting the perpetrator next, the observer, and the victim, or all three. Now, moral injury involves painful and often disabling emotions that are manifested by psychological, spiritual, and religious symptoms. Remember, now this is me not quoting, there's some symptom overlap with PTSD, which MI often occurs at the same time but there's growing evidence that these two conditions that we're talking about, PTSD and moral injury, are distinct. You need to recognize that they are distinct. Now, what happens, for example, if you go to a psychologist, and this is why I brought up theology and psychology to start the conversation. If you go to a psychologist that says, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in moral injuries, you may have bought yourself a... Uh, a long chronic case of PTSD for two reasons. One, they feed on each other. The symptoms of PTSD can be made worse by moral injury. And they also, and I'll tell you from surgical diagnosis, if you don't guess right and go to surgery, you just cut somebody unnecessarily. Well, in psychology, if you get a therapist that refuses to acknowledge the possibility that you may have a moral injury, You need to inform them that you want to talk about that. And I mean that. Because these two fields are separate, they may overlap, and you really need to have your mental health therapist talking to a chaplain or someone who is familiar with moral injury. If you'd like, and I'm going to, I have no financial interest. The book is called Moral Injury, a Handbook for Military Chaplains by Harold G. Coney, K-O-E-N-I-G, M.D. He's got two other authors. Now, why do I, why do I tell you this? You're not going to try and treat yourself, but if you want to know about your disease and condition and moral injury, there's nothing wrong with you purchasing this textbook. I think they, it's just about nothing. I don't think Dr. Coney even makes money off of it. I think it's just like $15 out the door. I would recommend that your listeners, EMTs, first responders, soldiers, nurses in horrible, you know, COVID uh, ER situations, there's no reason you can't get this textbook. And when you think what you spend for a meal in a restaurant with tax included tip, this thing is a screaming bargain, and it's a very easy read. So moving on. Uh, during combat, service members may be involved in killing other human beings or committing violence to others. Now, what else is involved? 
witnessing moral transgressions by others, now, especially by your military leaders, even a firefighter is under the authority of his battalion chief. So these people may have placed you in a morally compromised position, and you couldn't do anything about it. Now, what's going to happen? You may real, you may not think that anything's happened. Well, I just had a bad day at the office. Well, these behaviors that we're talking about are often followed either immediately or sometimes thereafter, a week, two weeks, by distressing emotions. And, and write these down, guys and gals. Guilt, shame, loss of meaning, difficulty trusting, loss of religious faith, spiritual struggles, and I'll repeat them. Guilt, shame, loss of meaning, difficulty trusting, and spiritual struggles with loss of religious faith. What may these symptoms, these things indicate? They may lead to or worsen other mental disorders, including depression, anxiety, PTSD, substance abuse disorders, and family relationship problems. I just read that right out of the book. Dr. Koenig is a fierce researcher. I would personally not want to debate him in anything. And so I want to leave you with the idea with respect to this textbook. He's not kidding around. He stands up for moral injury as a potential to be a new category for um, um, uh, listing as a dialogical, as a pathological, a psychological uh, disorder. All right, we're going to move in now and start to talk about uh, moral injury and what is it. I mentioned that in uh, two, around 2009, one of the first uh, good papers, seminal papers, was published by Brett Litz, L-I-T-Z. Uh, and he defined moral injury as an act, now I'm reading this, an act of transgression that creates dissonance and conflict because it violates assumptions and beliefs about right and wrong and personal goodness. Well, you don't have to mention a Bible verse here. We're not pushing religion, although uh, Dave and I trust God and trust him regardless of how bad things get. But this is a secular definition of moral injury. I want you to understand that this is a clinical definition. This actually occurs, okay? Because this dichotomy, this mm, whatever, this imbalance between who you think you are, what you thought you would do, moral injury is manifested by clinical conditions. Not only is it manifested by clinical conditions, it will make PTSD conditions such as depression worse. So now you have a spiritual issue, a moral injury issue, that is making a defined clinical disorder such as PTSD certain components worse. So we're talking about a very real situation. If someone, and here's why I brought up the theology and the psychology and how it started. If you have a psychologist 
and there is a certain percentage of them that said, I don't believe in moral injury. I don't believe in any spiritual thing. Well, I can tell you, those people are out of date. Those people need to, what is that? Follow the science. They need to follow the science. They need to buy this book, and they need to read it. And then you make your decision, and then if you really think you know something, I'll, I'll put you on a conference call with Dr. Koenig, and you can demonstrate how smart you are. Okay? So let me review what can cause this. A betrayal, and I'm reading this, of what's right by someone who holds legitimate authority in a high-stakes situation. I think we're talking first responders here and nurses. How about perpetuating, failing to prevent, bearing witness to or learning or learning about the facts that transgress deeply whole held moral beliefs. Now, where, is, where are they going with this? Just hearing about the trauma and the manner in which a loved one died can cause a moral injury. Okay? So what's going on is, and I'm reading, the wrecking of a person's fundamental assumptions about what's right and how things should work in the world that may result from having a sense of being violated to one's core moral identity. Now, it doesn't matter where you live, you live in a culture, and that culture has rules, regulations, and boundaries. You say, well, I don't think that I have a moral injury. It doesn't matter. Moral injuries deal with cultural boundaries and cultural, you know, mores. When you violate those as a human being, you are going to have uh, problems. Now, let me talk about the exception. If you are, if you have psychopathology, let's use Adolf Hitler or one of those Goebbels, one of those subhuman people. Uh, they're not going to be bothered. They don't have moral injuries. When Satan takes over somebody's brain. Don't worry about moral injuries. I don't know. Putin, Dave, do you think Putin comes to mind here? Uh, <laughs> so. You know, it, it's one of those things uh, he sort of has to. And uh, with what he's done in the Ukraine that we all hear about, know about, and seen, uh, yeah, he fits right in there with the... Uh, yeah, it's good. it's good to have, you know, moral injury in the news. Putin... Yeah cannot have a moral injury. He's a psychopath, period. And obviously they've not brought that up, but uh, he is. So what's going on? And I'm going to read this with respect to first responders. Moral injury is also found in first responders, e.g., example, police, firemen, or emergency medical personnel. So... The literature, he says, is focused on moral injury in helping professions. Now, that's why our nurses are included. Uh, and, it, and, and the other thing that occurs is an individual sense of powerlessness related to the inability to act in a manner they perceive as clinically, appro- I mean, ethically appropriate. Well, that happens all the time in COVID where they were taking people off of ventilators because they couldn't do anything with them. The nurses were getting, the nurses, we're getting tore up, and so were the doctors. There were hardened, experienced emergency doctors that just couldn't take it anymore and took their own lives or started substance abuse problems. Okay. So 
The other thing you need to know, moral conflicts for our first responders, soldiers and doctors and nurses are associated with a greater risk for compassion fatigue, burnout, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. So what, what we were talking about, you live in, that, in, a, in a culture, in a, in a framework with boundaries, and when the boundaries start wobbling and the framework starts falling down, that is going to affect your worldview. It's going to affect your feeling of security. And yes, you're going to have a change in your immune system, in your endocrine system, in your central nervous system. Modern science can show you that your immune system varies depending on the stress that you have. And this was done by a guy, like, I think 1970s, Studemeyer, I believe his name was, uh, he said, he watched the immune system, IgG, IgM, IgA, blah, 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 change in quantity in a, by the stress an individual was. So this is, this is not, uh, fringe science here. It's America's web radio on this show is not dealing with fringe science. Okay. Say again, Dave. All right. So we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with Don right after a few words. I want to mention the fact, too, that if you didn't get to listen to it live this morning, may I highly, highly recommend that you go to our archives and download and listen to the Doctor's Lounge. Uh, Dr. House shares did a fantastic job on explaining the crisis that we have in hospitals and uh, that, you know, just like Don was saying, uh, the the folks that work in hospitals uh, and how medicine has changed today. And when you go in to a hospital, you're not really sure who your doctor is or who your doctor's going to be, depending on your uh, situation. So please, please take the time to download and listen at your convenience to the doctor's lounge that was on this morning. And uh, we'll be back with Dr. Moeller right after a couple of more words. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Estoy de regreso. Hablemos venezolanos con Josie Cruz y amigos todos los miércoles en la mañana a las 9 a.m. Únicamente en Americas Web Radio. And if you didn't understand all of that, we've got Let's Talk Venezuelan back. And uh, we just did the show yesterday and it was all in Spanish. So you can tune in and listen to uh, Josie Cruz download it and uh, if you're taking Spanish it's a good way to learn it so 
Let's get back now to uh, Dr. Don Moeller and uh, talking about PTSD. So with that, Don, it's all yours. All right. We're going to talk about two of many symptoms right now in the next remaining minutes of moral injury. There are two things. One is guilt and the other is shame. Guilt is a remorse that you feel for having committed a crime or wrongful act, and this is important, that it affects others. Guilt affects others. So, like this guy Murdoch, what a trip uh, in the news, killed his son and his wife. Uh, shame, however is more about your personal identity. It's a feeling about yourself that you you are not who you think you were. You did something. You said, I can't believe I did that. And so uh, that is shame. Guilt, when you go to jail, it's to assuage your guilt because guilt is what you did to somebody else. Shame is how you perceive it internally. So you need to look at some of these things. When you've had a moral injury, remember, you don't have to be in the middle of the battle. You can simply be associated with the team that did something. So I was on that team and we did it. We should have done that. Well, you need to consider a moral injury. And the religious system, and I'll call it a spiritual system, has a means to deal with shame. It's called sin. We all do it. They would agree. But here's what happens. When the psychologist attempted to wrench their profession away from theology, there are, uh, there remain the roots and tentacles of spiritual and religious injury in an individual. Just because the psychologist denies it has, it doesn't matter anymore. They do affect you. The fact is, we are human beings created by God. And if you want to deny that fact, you get the penalty will most likely be you will, your moral injury will persist. And that's, that's putting it bluntly. When you have the evidence from MRIs, functional MRIs, PET scans, spec, spec scans that differentiate moral injury areas of the brain from PTSD injuries, that's real science, so we're kind of tossing it back in the eight, the secular or atheistic psychologists. Uh, and if one of the psychologists wants to call in, I'd love, I'd love to have him as a guest on this program. There's also a feeling of betrayal. This is quite important. Betrayal is a moral injury. It's a system that you trusted someone, either a commander, a leader in government, or even God, that you thought that they were going to come through, and they betrayed you. That's another area of moral injury, loss of trust. The loss of trust is a symptom, and it, it can be a loss, of, a loss of trust in other people. Now, that's the same thing in a way as betrayal, but it often occurs when a, perce- uh, when a person feels they've been betrayed by others, and is so closely related uh, to them that it actually inflicts an injury. So what we're talking about is it like, what's going to go on? Lack of this trust will 
it has an effect on you. It will breed suspicion, and it is very extreme. It may even be associated with paranoia. Now, unresolved anger and difficulty forgiving may be the cause of a loss of trust. We talked about the IED. Unresolved anger exists in PTSD. You can see that unresolved anger in PTSD and unresolved anger in moral injury overlap. This is kind of what you're talking, I'm talking about, and Dr. Koenig's talking about. Uh, so what can happen, shame can actually cause you to be what's called self-loathing. You, you're afraid of letting someone become your friend or become too close. Why? Because you all, from your injury, you know who you really are and that you're a broken person. And you think, you think you're unworthy of love and forgiveness. Well, every single person that comes to Christ feels unworthy of love, not deserving forgiveness. So when you agree or think it's scientific to exclude the spiritual component of life and the religious component of life, you've pretty much decided that you want to live with a moral injury that you don't believe you have, but you know that something's wrong. So we don't get to choose whether we believe in God. He exists. You know, I had a goldfish, and uh, I was very upset one day that he told me he didn't believe in me. It ruined my day and the rest of my life. That's a joke. You don't get to choose whether you believe God or not. You accept it or you live without it. It's just that simple. Well, we're going to talk about uh, more of moral injury later. Uh, and this is going to be a long series. We're not going to actually, quote, do therapy on this radio show. But from the information that we provide and, and Dave and I discuss, we're going to give you a leg up. Forewarned was forearmed. And uh, what do you think, Dave? I'm glad that you approach it in the way that you do and that, uh, one, you're the doctor. I'm not a doctor. And... Uh, you know, we don't, we're not trying to treat people over the air by any stretch of the imagination. We're just, it's like a lot of the shows that we do, Don, is that we, we try to plant the seed and let the people let that seed mature. And it may take, like going and reading the book by uh, Koenig, it, uh, it may take some work on your part to, uh, and it, it's up to you whether you're willing to to do that work or not. And uh, we give the people the choice. We 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 put the seed out there, and then if they want to nurture it and water it and and uh, go for the answers. And we always want to remind everybody that no matter what show it is, if you have a question for the host, in this case, Don Doctor Don Muller, if you have a question for Don, uh, you can email it to GM at America's Web Radio, or Dr. Don at America's Web Radio. And one way or the other, uh, Don will see it and respond to it uh, on the next show, So, or whenever it's appropriate. So if you've got a question, and I want to stress the fact that uh, in, if you're having problems sleeping at night because you're grinding your teeth and this and that caused by PTSD, well, Dr. Don Muller can help you, and uh, his 
help is 98% effective. So, or if you know of somebody, pass his name on to them and uh, make sure that everybody knows that there is help. And I think this is the greatest thing, one of the greatest things going right now, Don, is that, uh, and it, it's for men and women. And uh, for a while it was almost exclusively for men, but there are so many programs out there uh, that you can go in and talk to somebody that can relate to what you're saying, whether it's at... Uh, you know, you you need to find a service officer, and he'll help you through, or she will help you through any situation that you might have with the VA, or in many cases other situations. But there are people out there that are wanting and willing to help you, and it's changed from many years ago when you couldn't find any help. But now there are people that that's their whole life is is helping other veterans and uh, they're great great organizations and we've had a lot of them on and we have a lot of friends that uh, uh, once they retired from the military they wanted to continue to help and just like you mentioned a minute ago Don about you know when you're on active duty you're surrounded by your buddies and you expect to take care of your buddy, the guy in front of you or behind you, as you expect them to take care of you. And when you get out of the military, that sense of security can be lost quickly. And uh, we all need our helping hands. And I'm very fortunate to have a, a close friend that I made on the on the on at inception at fort ord california and we're still good friends and we we boost each other up almost daily and uh i he's been a brother for i hate to admit this but over 50 years now that's been a long time since i shot into the pacific at fort ord but anyway don is it's another great show, and we're we've already run out of time. I screwed up. So ah, yeah, thanks again, Dave. I appreciate America's Web, Web Radio for helping veterans. We'll talk to you next week, Don. Thanks. Bye. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.